what is going on, W2Fers? We're back. A little bit of an emergency episode because the biggest trade, most likely the biggest trade of the entire offseason, just went down within the last half hour. And that is, by now, you've heard the Chicago Bears flipping the number one overall pick to Carolina Panthers. Matt, well, first I'm going to lay out what they sent in case the listeners don't know. Panthers gave up the number nine overall pick in this year's draft, the number 61 pick in the second round, uh, later in the second round. They gave up their first rounder in 2024, gave up a second rounder in 2025, and maybe, I don't know, I wouldn't say the biggest piece of the puzzle, but the most sure thing, wide receiver DJ Moore goes to Chicago. He's immediately the best weapon Justin Fields has to throw to and joins a, a young, stout group with uh, Claypool and, and Darnell Mooney. So, Matt, are you surprised it was Carolina? Because for me, I honestly was. I was thinking probably going to be Indy, maybe Houston. Carolina, man, their, their owner continues to show that he is as aggressive as it gets. You know, actually, I am a little bit surprised. You know, I was thinking about it the other, the other day in my head of, like, what teams realistically are still interested in, you know, making the move up to number one spot. And Carolina was probably about last on the list, if I'm being honest. And what's even more surprising to me is the haul they gave up. I mean, are you kidding? For number one, I know it's a number one pick, but this has got to be, like, uh, just new ground, I feel like, for the league in general. Off the top of my head, it's – just as earth shattering of, of trade compensation as I can remember for a draft pick. Niners a couple years ago, the move they made to get Trey Lance, they gave up a lot. They gave up three number ones, which I guess Carolina didn't do that, but in totality, I mean, you know, they got the two number ones, they got a they got a two, two two number twos, and the receiver. It's it's pretty unreal. Uh, they did have to go down to number nine, which is further than, say, Indy. You know, Indy's picking fourth. If you go down to four, you probably still get your defensive player of choice. If you flip to number two with Houston, you get whoever you want, obviously. So they do sacrifice a little bit that way. I doubt at number nine you're going to have your pick, your, your top of the draft board player. But they're going to be able to get more than likely – their favorite corner, their favorite, you know, second favorite pass rusher and start to build that thing up that way. And, of course, in the 2023 season, you've added DJ Moore and whoever they get at pick 61. They will not see the benefits necessarily of those other picks until future years uh, unless they do more trading. I mean, would it be that shocking if they now go from number nine to number 15 and, and get more picks? Wouldn't surprise me a bit. May not even be a bad idea because that defense needs a facelift like a mother effer. They honestly could use starters at every single position damn near, except for maybe a couple. But overall, who do you think is the winner of this trade, Matt? And I know it's going to take years to really figure that out, but just initially, who's the winner? It's so tough. It really, really genuinely is tough. Uh, Carolina, they gave up a lot. But, you know, here's the thing. If they get the guy that they want and he happens to pan out and be that guy, if he turns out to be him, I mean, I guess they would have won the trade, right? Because, I mean, you 
can't really – I mean, I guess you can put a price. You can put this price on having that franchise guy that can create you a, a perennial Super Bowl contending team. Um, as far as the Bears go, wow, that's just wild to me what all they got out of that. Um, a question mark for the Bears, and I've been wrestling with this myself. They must truly believe in Justin Fields because part of me, if I was in front of, or part of that Bears front office, I would almost – this can be controversial – Think about getting a new queue, trading away Justin Fields, getting, you know, not obviously that haul probably, but a pretty good haul, I feel like, especially with the way he's been trending as of this past season. Man, starting fresh, getting that new uh, rookie contract as a queue, and, you know, being able to build your team up. I don't know. That would have been a bold strategy, but that would be something I would have thought long and hard about. So uh, it really just comes down to if Carolina can nail this, I think. I don't know if you have a take on it. It. Could be, I mean, one, two, three years from now, we could look at it and say both teams won. We could look at it and say one team came out the winner and the other didn't. We, they both could come out losers if the quarterbacks flop. Historically, as of late, it has been these teams more often than not on the Panthers' side who regret these deals. Typically... You trade all these assets up, think about it, the 49ers with Trey Lance. I think they'd like a do-over. I think uh, the Jets would like a do-over when it comes to Zach Wilson. Yeah, obviously, they would. But then there's also examples with Mahomes, that, that trade-up, Buffalo getting Josh Allen. Those obviously worked out, but what's what's the key thing there? It's the insulation. It's the team you're going to. Both of those organizations were winning already. They were coming off of playoff years when they took those quarterbacks. So there were pieces in place. There was a strong culture. That's where I worry about Chicago, even as someone who bought stock in them a couple weeks ago and thinks I would still bet on them moving forward. I worry a little bit, uh, can can Eberflus and Justin Fields scrub the stink off of the franchise right now? Because you can say what you want. The fans might you know, feel like, hey, it was a great thing that they were the number one pick. Obviously, you're able to make a trade like you did today. But it required you to go 3-14 and 14 and establish a, a losing culture, at least in the short term. So the work it's going to take – to flip that over is something that scares me a little. I'll be honest. I mean, Fields could be a good player. If Eberflus isn't the guy, they're not going to win games and vice versa. If Eberflus is a good coach, but Fields can't stay healthy, they're still going to struggle. So it's not stable by any means, but I think it's a step in the right direction. And to tie it all together, what I just was trying to say, I'm, feeling better about the Bears after this trade than I am the Panthers because I think right now Carolina falls more into that category of a team that maybe isn't quite insulated so well. Yes, there's some pieces on the O-line I like, but you just traded your top receiver away. And so this rookie quarterback, who are they throwing to? I mean, it's it's up in the air right now. I don't know. In the free agent market for receivers, the draft, it's not good. Their defense actually is on the way up. We'll see. I mean, if you draft a stud, it'll probably turn out okay. It's just knowing who that's going to be. And that's my next question. Who do you think this is for? Who is going to be Carolina's hopeful 
final replacement for Cam Newton. They've been chasing that guy for years now, and you know maybe, maybe this is the one. Yeah, super tough, super tough here. Um, so you got a couple different options, right? Going into this, you probably people would have thought maybe you know Bryce Young, but you know the concerns about his stature and his health, of course, um, become a question mark. Then, of course, you have, like you said, C.J. Stroud earlier before we got on the air, you know, pro-ready guy, you know, good pocket type guy. And then you said Richardson as well. I tend to like Richardson. I know he's a bit of a project and he's raw. But if we take a look back at the past few drafts, let's say five, four or five or so, the guys that are panning out big are these guys that are a little bit more raw, a little bit more edgy, a little bit more risky, like Mahomes, Allen, players like that. And those are the ones that are paying the big dividends. But the only thing about that is, would you have had to move up to the number one spot to get someone like that? So I'm a little bit skeptical that's who they're getting. I don't know. You, are you, do you have a favorite? I believe, and when I say this, I'm thinking like 60%. So I'm not all the way in. I think this is for Richardson. I do. And it's for a couple of reasons. One, he is the guy of the group who does have that ceiling where you, if he gets to where he's capable of going, you'll look back and say that trade was a steal. You won't just say that they came out winners. You'll say it was, they should have gave up more if he hits. I'm not sure that's the case for Stroud. I don't know that Stroud can ever be cream of the crop, you know, top of the NFC type of guy. And the other reason is, Frank Reich, the new hire, he's kind of known for being a quarterback whisperer. Well, if you're really that guy, then you believe that you can get any one of those players where they need to go. You believe that you can be the driving force behind their development. And I think their owner is going to be – he's been so aggressive. He's thrown money around almost to a fault, coaches and players. So I think he's uh, wired that way too. Like he sees the big picture. Who can we get that's going to give us the best chance at Super Bowls over a 10 to 15 year span? If all goes according to plan, that's going to be Richardson. And I've seen people, I'm weary of these type of comps. I've seen people say that he's a combination of Cam Newton and Josh Allen. Uh, That's a little rich to me, but I don't know. Maybe he is capable of that. And all the reports out of Indy were he was acing his interviews. And these teams really liked his character, which ultimately that's what you're picking. I mean, all these guys we're talking about have talent. You know, even Will Levis and Bryce Young, they have talent. But what's their mental makeup? And maybe that's the biggest differentiator. I said earlier in the show, okay, it's about the organization you go to. And that's very important. But think about the people. Allen and Mahomes are locked in, and they they say the right things. They're great teammates. You can't find anybody who's played with them to say a bad thing. What is it like with Zach Wilson? What is it like with Trey Lance? There's been questions about their investment into the game. Maybe that's the bigger thing. And if you're confident that Anthony Richardson is on the right side of that, hell yeah, I think that's the one to go for. Same same for Stroud, too. Um, So – that's kind of where I sit with that, I guess. So do you think Richardson, did he solely just jump up as like the top guy, just solely based on the draft combine? Well, there were odds, uh, Vegas odds makers, who before the combine, his chances to be the number one pick 
I mean, astronomically changed. He went from like a plus, I can't even remember, like plus 15,000 to plus 800, something crazy. Whoa. So that's kind of when you knew, okay, there's some rumor, you know, somebody's wanting to straight up and take him at number one. I could be Caroline, could have been Indy. I don't know. But the fact that it happened, it's hard not to feel like it was, wasn't Carolina. And what a beautiful opportunity for them because, you know, I saw the other day, Colin Coward made his top eight quarterbacks in the NFC, assuming, I guess, that Aaron Rodgers was gone because he wasn't on the list. And it is mind-blowing how low quality the quarterback play is on that side of the league. Richardson, I don't care how raw he is, and I should lump Stroud in there too because Stroud is a is a valid option. Those guys could come in day one and make that top eight, and I don't think it would be outlandish at all because even if Richardson needs that polish in the passing game, he's immediately going to be a – maybe he is a Cam Newton type of runner. Like, I don't know. He's got the body for it, and that's a big deal. That's something that can translate right off the bat week one and throw this team up in the conversation with New Orleans to win the NFC South. Yeah, you know, I didn't know where they're leaning on it, but based on this conversation, you got me kind of thinking Richardson even more than I was before. Um, You know, I had another question I wanted to run by you. For what they gave up, what proven commodity do you think they could have gotten or even maybe less than they gave up, you know, that makes sense. I know Lamar Jackson's obviously out there as an option. They decided to pass on that. There's yeah. probably some other good quarterbacks out there that they could have gotten that we know for sure as a player. Do you think that would have been a better route to go? Do you have an option in mind? Some questions run by. Well, the quarterback market we know is just so, I mean, it's really out of whack, has been for 10-plus years because you have – the rookie quarterback, rookie contract guys who don't make enough money when they're good. Some of them make too much. And then you have, once they get that second deal, they're usually overpaid. There's only a few guys who you don't feel like are overpaid that have been extended as a quarterback. So that's where it's tricky. And with Lamar, he's obviously the logical one, and you know what it would have took. It would have took the number nine overall pick and – the first rounder next year, which they included in this trade. And where the difference gets made up is the money, right? Because whoever they take in the draft, they're going to be paying about $10 million a year to start out for the first four seasons. Lamar, it's going to be a lot more than that. It's going to be forty-five, And so it, it probably is still a little more of an investment in Lamar Jackson, but you kind of know what you're getting. You kind of know that you've got a good player, health issues withstanding, as for other guys, what I guess what I'm getting at is it's a hard thing to me right now to trade for a veteran quarterback because the ones that are worth it and the ones that are worth the big contract, those teams aren't giving those guys up. But am I going to trade and pay for Daniel Jones, Dak Prescott, Kirk Cousins? To me, that would be a, a huge mistake. You know your ceiling is capped. You know that you're not going to get ROI that's worthwhile. Maybe with this draft pick you do. Maybe this becomes the kind of player who can get you deep into the playoffs year after year, unlike the ones I just named. Because, yeah, the Josh Allens, Joe Burrows, Herbert, Mahomes, 
I'm missing a few. Those guys are not getting traded realistically. I don't know that there's a price high enough. It's a good point. Rightfully so, right? Because, I mean, there's taking in consideration those guys and what they can do for your franchise to absolutely turn them around in a season or two and make you a perennial contender. Dang near priceless. Well, Matt, to close this out, we both got a text message earlier from a character we know. And he made the joke, and we got to be clear, it was a joke that for what Carolina gave up, they probably could have got Mahomes for just a little bit more. Um, and and let's be honest, no, they couldn't have. And it got me to thinking this would be a fun exercise. We'll start with Mahomes. Say you're Brett Beach right now, you're Andy Reid, and and we have to put parameters on this because the NFL rules say. You cannot trade draft picks beyond the next three drafts. So right now, only for 2023, 24, 25. And then on the night of the 2023 draft, you can also lump in picks in 2026. So I guess we we should assume that this trade takes place on the night of the 2023 draft. Is there a amount of capital that would make a trade of Patrick Mahomes worth it? Like, is there anything that you would say yes to? And if there is, maybe you can spotlight a certain team and, and what that package might look like. It's dang hard. Dang hard to make that happen, right? Um, shoot. I mean, let's say let's say you could trade 10 years in advance all the way up to 2033. You give me your 10 first-round picks, five, six, seven, eight of them. That's still tough for me to make that move. But especially with, the, like, the, the three years rule – no, there's no way, right? Because, I mean, you're in, you're out. For example, you brought up Mahomes. Already won two Super Bowls and could win exponentially more. How, how, do, how would you give that up for, you know, pure speculative draft picks, you know? Yes, and I'm trying to remove the emotional dynamic because if for no other reason, they're not doing that because the fan base would burn the city to the ground. And I'm not even really joking. I think there would be some riots from something like this. Totally fair. But re- even removing that, you, you, you're on point. How can I ever expect – I don't care what you give me. How can I expect it to get better than five straight AFC titles, three Super Bowl appearances? It, it, it's just not very likely. Um, I think the only way you would think about it is if the return involved a Josh Allen or a Joe Burrow plus – Right. Mm-hmm. Like you got to get that guy and you got to get multiple first round picks to where maybe you can build up a super team that counteracts the balance. And then, you know, if, if, if we flip it around and we say, what would it take to trade away Josh Allen or Joe Burrow? Like it's probably going to take, it's going to take Mahomes. Like I don't know that you can really put together a draft pick package that makes it worth it. I think that was the point ultimately is like, when you have that guy, you you can't risk really losing him. And uh, for the big Lamar truthers out there, they're listening to this saying, well, Baltimore is. I, I don't really go that far with Lamar. I don't think Lamar's in that same category personally. What say you? Right. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, it's clear, right? Certain teams and certain players you're just not going to give up. Uh, you mentioned some of those other like top five quarterbacks. The only team that I could actually 
envision possibly ever making this wild card nuclear decision would be maybe Cincinnati, right? So let's say they don't want to pay the big massive Joe Burrow contract that's coming up. Look, they're going to. I think they absolutely are. But I mean, that's the only God. way it makes sense, I feel like. But like you said, if they got to get someone back, like another top five quarterback like Josh Allen or whoever, it doesn't make a lot of sense. But um, yeah, Lamar, man, that, that situation is so wild to me. And I think I was talking to someone else as well. Let's be real. It comes down to, I think Lamar just doesn't want to be in Baltimore, right? I mean, that's just what happens. He's been offered a ton of money at this point. You know, the breakup's over. Nobody's wanting to, like, officially call it off. But let's be real. It is what it is. Mm -hmm. It's coming, man. This stuff out there about, oh, none of these teams are interested, that's horseshit. We got to know better than that. Mm -hmm. And no better reason than this. If you are, I don't know, I've been throwing out the Falcons. Let's say the Falcons. They've supposedly said they're not interested. Well, you've got some reason to say that right now. We we still have free agency about to start. We need to make sure that our finances are in order and that we're able to execute that plan. We don't want to rock the boat too much with Desmond Ritter yet because there's a good chance that maybe we don't get Lamar and we need to make sure that Ritter's confidence and his demeanor are intact. This applies to every team who might be wanting to take that swing at Lamar Jackson, but give it a week or two, let free agency kind of settle a little bit and teams figure out, okay, we have this amount of money that we can dedicate to this contract offer. And when they know that somebody's going to step up to the plate and they're going to take that swing. Maybe it, maybe it even takes till the draft like Miami, they're pretty all in. I think we agree. Miami's all in. They don't have a first round pick this year, so they cannot offer him a deal yet. But once the 2023 draft is over, they can offer him a deal. And I think we all believe that would be his preferred destination. I think he would sign there for even a, a bit of a discount, especially knowing their uh, tax situation in Florida. So that's, that's one to keep an eye on. It, it's a matter of time. And uh, we're all looking forward to seeing who is the first one to make a move. Ultimately, Lamar has the power. If Lamar knows, if he's got a bug in his ear saying, hey, Lamar, just wait until May and Miami's coming. And I sound stupid saying this right now because they just exercised their fifth-year option on Tua. But I guess my point overall is it might take a little time eventually He's going to sign an offer sheet, I believe, and maybe Baltimore matches. Maybe they don't. I'm not really sure. It's going to be fun to watch, though. That's that's one thing I am certain of. For sure. And, you, you know, you mentioned in our prior episode that you thought Atlanta was going to be the destination for Lamar. Maybe this Carolina trade is just that thing that pushes them over the edge and that they really decide to make a move for it, you know, and don't, don't stick with Britter for the upcoming season, you know. Right, right, right. Well, Matt. We wanted to get in and out with this one, and that's what we're going to do. We covered the trade. Crazy, crazy stuff. Free agency hasn't even started. It's coming Monday with the tampering period. So uh, just the first of many huge moves ahead that we are going to be here to discuss on W2F. Make sure you're following, um, and and we just appreciate you coming back. Uh, share. You know, We're going to have some guests coming up. We got some on the schedule, and it's just a matter of time. So... As always, we thank you. You can find us at Worst2FirstNFL on all socials, and we will talk to you later.
Train keeps rolling on. Peace.